0: Today's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. It's Luke chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. Uh, Can we all stand for the reading of God's word? Hear now the word of the Lord. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain... Rub them in their hands and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, Why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them all and then said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But they were furious and began to discuss with one another uh, what they might do to, to Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be, Thanks be to God.
1: So for the next couple of weeks, we are on the Gospel of Luke. And today we are on already chapter six you ask forgive me. I thought I was already over this cold, and then this morning, my voice went to a bass. But um, yeah, I hope it won't interrupt the way I speak. We have a lot of exciting things going on and... Hesu just shared about what she did in the Philippines, and I just can't I have to encourage you if you are someone that does have a conviction, um, you have you have a heart for a nation, perhaps God put that in your heart, you know perhaps God placed it in there, and he is going to give you a window of opportunity to go out and to really minister the gospel of Christ. A lot of people we'll always push it to next time. If you, have a, if you have some kind of conviction, you'll push it to next time, but who knows what's going to happen next time? Um, who knows what's going to happen in your life that'll keep you busy? If you have a conviction now, then I can only encourage you to go out now. And three months, six months is not a long time. And if you have that availability that God has opened up for you in your life, and I can only encourage you to take it. Um, we have a lot of mission trips coming up, uh, hopefully three, we're looking into the third one, but our next one is Japan, and the one after that is the Philippines, and we wanna do all that God wants us to do there, so please keep us in prayer, and if you're interested in going to any one of the mission trips, please come talk to any one of the pastors. It's a great opportunity, and especially for young people, um, There's always excuses after. But, you know, if you get married, you say, I just got married. If you have a kid, oh, the kid's too young. If you're pregnant, oh, I'm pregnant. Uh, There is something in the Bible very similar when Jesus calls the disciples and they respond, I just got married, can I go later? Oh, I need to bury my father, can I go later? I just want to remind you, there is an opportunity to follow Jesus and that door isn't always open So please do take that seriously, but please do keep it in prayer, and if you want to talk to any one of us, please do so as well. Today is also the finals of basketball, and if you haven't come, like Christine said, to watch us, please do watch us, Um, support us, it's great fun, and next time, please play with us. It doesn't matter um, if you're athletic or not, if you're male, female, we just... Anybody can play. You'll have some play time, and hopefully you'll have a lot of fun. And today's the, the last finals. I actually, my team is in the finals, and I was thinking, you know, I shouldn't play if I want my team to win, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, Jay Vernon McGee tells this story about a man who wanted to argue about the Sabbath, and I have to preface this with a lot of people, because today's passage is on the Sabbath. A lot of people will say, you know, why do you, why do you Christians worship on Sunday? You know, you say, keep the Sabbath holy. That's Saturday. You can't make any ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's a Saturday. So Jay Vernon McGee tells the story about a man who wanted to argue about the Sabbath. The man said, I will give you $100 if you show me where in the Bible. The Sabbath has been changed. And Mickey answered, I don't think it has been changed. Saturday is Saturday. It's the seventh day of the week, and it is the Sabbath day. I realize our calendar has been adjusted and can be off a few days, but we won't consider that point. The seventh day is still Saturday, and it is still the Sabbath day. He got a gleam in his eye and said, then why don't you keep the Sabbath day if it hasn't been changed? Miki answered, the day hasn't changed, but I have changed. I've been given a new nature. I am joined to Christ. I am part of a new creation. We celebrate the first day because that is the day he rose from the grave. That is what it means that the ordinances have been nailed to the cross, as it says in Colossians 2.14. There were two things that we need to understand that separated that time, in that time, the Jews from all the other Gentiles. That means the people that God had chosen and every other nation in the world. There were two huge things that separated them. And one was circumcision. And the other was keeping the Sabbath. All these other laws, you can kind of see remnants or pieces or some kind of interpretation of it in these other nations, like do not steal, do not murder. It was there. But the two ordinances were circumcision and keeping the Sabbath. Interestingly enough, these are both things that Christians do not force or keep today. Why is that, you ask? Why don't we worship on Saturday? I think the Seventh-day Adventists do, but why don't don't the majority of Christians worship on Saturday? Well, we see in history, the first Christians, they worshipped on the first day of the week. And we started calling it the Lord's Day. In fact, we still do it today. We call today the Lord's Day. And so we want to look into this. What does it mean to worship on the Lord's day? What does it mean the, that now we have essentially we have essentially changed the Sabbath, which means the seventh day to Sunday, and that's 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 a huge deal. That's something that we need to understand. So I have three questions I want to pose as we go look into this passage and what is the Sabbath? Who is the Lord of the Sabbath? And how are we to respond? What is the Sabbath? Who is the Lord of the Sabbath? And how are we to respond to all this? What is the Sabbath? Sabbath means not just seventh day. Sabbath means the day of rest. And the Sabbath wasn't just for the Jewish nation. In fact... It wasn't just for the Israelites, it was for everyone. If you look at Exodus chapter 20 verse 10, in the end it does say, or any foreigner residing in your towns, that Sabbath extended to them. So, Sabbath was more global, that's what we need to understand. In Genesis, when God finished creating the world, it says he rested from his work. It doesn't mean that God was tired, it doesn't mean God worked all this time, and there, you know, when we get together, some of us have questions, did God really create the world in six 24-hour days, and somebody comes up and says, "Well, why can't He?" And someone else comes up uh, and then says, "Because that's impossible." Uh, but outside of that discussion, the Bible does talk about resting, and God did rest after His creation. It doesn't mean he was tired. It means he stopped creating to do something else. What did he stop creating to do? He took six days to create, and the seventh day he rested, which means that on the seventh day he started to rule. It's something that we need to understand. He stopped creating the world, and the seventh day, he started to rule the world. Thus, Sabbath in the Bible means peace and rest and blessing. All creation experiences under God's rule. In Isaiah chapter 66, it says, Heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. Why build me a house for my place of rest? You know, God doesn't need a specific place. This isn't a place where God comes and says, finally, I could put up my feet and rest. That's not the word rest that we are talking about. The word rest that we want to emphasize, what it means is it equals the rule of God. When we rebel from God's rule, we lose Sabbath rest. If we are not under his lordship, we in turn become restless, miserable, deep in our sin. Isaiah 57 says, "But the wicked are like the tossing sea, which cannot rest, whose waves cast up mire and mud. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked." So, when God gives Israel four tastes of rest throughout the Bible. When they obey him, what we see is it's just a foretaste of what's to come. He commands that the Sabbath day be observed once a week to represent the rest and peace and restoration of what God's salvation brings. So Sabbath has a lot to do with restoration, a healing, something that's been broken that needs to be healed again. And so who is the Lord of the Sabbath? Well Jesus is claiming that. He's saying I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. By claiming that he's the Lord of the Sabbath, that means he must be the king whose rule brings sabbath rest when he says i am the lord of the sabbath he's making an extraordinary claim saying that i am the ruler of creation he's not only saying that he's the ruler but he is the creator as well the creator created the sabbath and jesus is saying he is the lord of the sabbath he makes the rules in fact this is hard for us to swallow because we create our own rules we refuse God's many times. We don't want to understand it and we make our own rules up, especially when it comes to resting. When it comes to the Sabbath. You know, I need my me time. A lot of people, this is normal, this is normal dialogue. I need my Eugene time. I need my me time. I need to go down and rest. But <clears throat> what we start doing is we start making rules. Even if you grew up in church, I grew up uh, in the 80s and 90s and our church had rules for the Sabbath. You couldn't come in a certain way and it really, really irked um, the people I grew up with my generation. Um, If you wore too much makeup, that was wrong. If you were dressed in a certain way, that was wrong. It was a pretty strict kind of rule. I mean, we can argue that, oh, what we really want to do is we want to honor the Sabbath. We want to keep it holy. And so we don't want to do these things. So it went as far as on Sunday. I don't know if you may have grown up in this kind of church environment or any kind of environment at all. But on Sunday or on the Sabbath, we couldn't go buy things. So we wouldn't be able to go to a restaurant like many of us do now. Many of us, after service, will go out And our first question is, what's for lunch? Where are we going to eat? But growing up, we had this rule. You shouldn't spend money on Sunday. In fact, you should close your stores. And so we weren't allowed to really uh, even go to a restaurant. There was another thing, which I really liked doing. And they said, you know, you shouldn't do that either. And there was no 놀아방. And... uh, I like going to the karaoke. I like Norebang. Uh it's, it's, it's morphed a little bit, hasn't it? If you're, if you're a millennial, it has morphed a little bit. Um, now there's always drinking involved. And, and that, to me, was confusing because growing up, Norebang was great just to sing. And I didn't need alcohol, but now it's like equated with alcohol many times. I was surprised because I went with my boss one time. And he said, "We must order some alcohol." And I was like, "What? I don't understand. This aren't we just gonna sing?" He's like, "No, we have to drink alcohol." And um, even before as a pastor, I just didn't like drinking alcohol, so that was just weird for me. And I can only think the reason why is because our singing capacities have gone down, and now it's so bad we need to inebriate ourselves to bear each other's voices. Otherwise, I don't know really why we definitely need alcohol. But anyway, that, I'm I'm digressing. But even on Sundays, I wanted to go. You know, I wanted to go to Nodervang. My dream as a kid was to be this K-pop star to sing like K-pop music. <clears throat> That's embarrassing. Anyway, <clears throat> but I used to love it. We used to record in things called cassette tapes, right, uh, which do not exist now. You could press record and record how you sing in your car. You put the cassette in as you drive. You listen to how you sing. It's like, ah, oh, that's here okay. Anyway, but we used to do all these things, and I wanted to extend that to Sunday, and the fact that we couldn't was just like, oh, you know, why are we doing this? And, you know, the argument is we want to keep it holy. We want to keep my, our minds and our eyes on God, so we started creating our own rules. That's not very different from what was happening there. The people, the scribes, and the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, they started creating their own rules to help people understand this is what the Sabbath is about. This is what we need to do to honor the Sabbath, to keep it holy, so you wouldn't walk a certain distance. And that was all the way back in place 2,000 to 2,500 years ago. You couldn't walk a certain distance. and uh, You couldn't do any kind of work so, a lot of people were farmers, so you couldn't pluck grain. Uh, you couldn't, uh, there was even a, a place where it says um, in the rabbinical teachings where you couldn't even spit on dirt, because if you spit on dirt, it would create mud and therefore its work. So, there were, there were all these new rules to, to help us understand the bigger rule. And so, when Jesus comes by and now he has his disciples, his disciples are like, I'm kind of hungry. And he, I don't know if he says, go eat that grain, or he just lets them do it. The disciples are plucking grain. That's against the rules. That's going to Norebang on Sunday. It's not right. You can't do it. And so he's, they're, they're, they see them plucking grain, and they say, what are you doing? What, don't, you, don't you teach your disciples the right way of doing things? And Jesus points out where David he ate the bread uh, that was unlawful for anybody else except the priest to eat. I'm like, well, what have to do with anything. <laughs> like, that's eating bread. This is plucking grain. And this is in the temple. This is just in the street. How's that even correlate? But Jesus is making this claim that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. That means what he says goes, especially when it comes to the Sabbath. You see, the very bottom line is this we do what we want to do on the sabbath the purpose of sabbath originally intended by god cannot be understood by moses it can't be understood by any other person other than jesus that's what he's saying when he claims lordship over the sabbath and he's not just claiming lordship over the sabbath he wants to show us what he intends to do on the Sabbath and what he wants us to do on the Sabbath as well. What does Jesus want to do on the Sabbath? And he wants to completely restore you, completely restore you. What Jesus was doing out there on the Sabbath was really about you know, going against the rules and regulations of the Sabbath. It was, and ironically, these rules were designed to give literal physical rest and forbid any kind of physical exertion. They had seemingly, it seemed like it had a good heart, a good attitude behind these laws and stipulations, these rules, just like the Notre and no going out. They had seemingly had a good heart behind it But what happened because of these rules, it made it impossible to bring about the real rest that the Sabbath points to. Any kind of rule, regulation that we start putting in because we can't fully understand, it makes impossible for us to really rest. But don't don't you see the conundrum here? Don't you see the whole fight here? We want to honor the Sabbath, so we start doing these things. But by doing these things, we're not honoring the Sabbath. And that's what comes into light in this scenario. What Jesus wants to do through the Sabbath and in the Sabbath is a complete healing of creation by the power of his rule. There was a man with a shriveled hand. And he said, "Come here, you want and he wants to show people this is what I'm here for, and this is what the Sabbath is about. Can I do this?" And he asks them, and they just they don't say anything, Is it lawful to do good or harm to save life or to destroy it? There was a stipulation in the rabbinical laws where if a life was in danger you could actually break some of the rules to save the life so he's pointing to even that saying is it lawful to do good harm or evil and harm or evil he points to even that he points to that part where it says to save life or to destroy it and he's putting these two things together and no one said anything they don't want to answer They just want to keep their rules. They like the way they did things in the past. And they want to continue to do things. You know, if we've been living life the way we want to, and the weekends are the weekends. It's my weekend. It's the way I spend my time. The way I rest, I need to rest. I need to go to this place. I need to do these things. And someone comes along and says, actually, I want you to Serve me under the, under my kingship, under my lordship, not your rules. Even if you say you don't have rules, those are rules because we have things that we must do, right? A lot of people are now regimented in doing certain things and we have to do it on the weekend. And Jesus comes by and he starts throwing everything out of order. And he's saying... Ultimately, what I want to do is I want to completely restore you. Is that good or bad according to your laws? Can I do these things? And no one answered. So he, in other, in other Gospels, he was indig- indignant. But he says, after looking around, he says, stretch out your hand. And after he stretched out his hand, the, book, the Gospel of Luke, he says, his hand was restored. In the actual Greek, it was his hand became exactly like the other hand. Um, A complete restoration, that's what it meant. But this is um, describing a wholeness, saying it came back to the original state. And that's the way it's supposed to be. So what Jesus is pointing to is under my rule, Jesus is saying, under Jesus' rule, things become the way it's supposed to be. So what does the Sabbath ultimately point to? The Sabbath points to Jesus. The Sabbath points to Jesus who is here now. And he wants to give you full rest. He wants to give you a complete restoration. This is something that we desperately need in our age. Especially, I think now, this very place. How difficult is it? Now, for me, personally speaking, to go and I have a conversation with somebody and my phone lights up, but I'm having a conversation with somebody. I don't even think twice. I'm at a place now, and I think, I want to blame it on culture, but perhaps it's just me. I'm at a place where I'm having a conversation with somebody my phone lights up. My eyes automatically are averted to my phone to see if it's a message that's important, if it's not just So that I can, you know, make sure everything's okay. And then then I'm at ease, right? I'm at ease for the 0.1 seconds that I look at it. And then I have to try to come back. And then I have all these things. We have all these distractions. All these things that are supposed to help us. It's the same thing. We have rules. We have our own stipulations. We have our own things where we say, I need me. This is how I rest. And when we get down to it, are you really rested? Are you really restored? And I would argue that without Jesus, you do not have that complete restoration. We desperately need a complete restoration. Can you have peace even though the waves are crashing over you in your life? Is there a complete restoration that Jesus has given you? This is the Sabbath that he invites us to enter. So how are we to respond? How are we to enter into this rest? I think the rest has two stages. The first is for the here and now. When we're talking about the Sabbath, Hebrews 3 and 4 really goes into it. But Hebrews 4, 7 says, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, today. Today. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. See, Jesus is speaking to you now, today, this very moment. Hear his voice. Do not harden your heart to him and accept his healing, complete restoration in your life. So, what do we rest from? We rest from hard work, we rest from our own self righteousness. We experience forgiveness through Christ alone. Then we can rest just as God rested on that seventh day. In the beginning, God finished. And then he said he rested. But don't you see on the cross, Jesus says, it is finished so that we could rest. In the beginning, God did all this work and then he rested. But Jesus on the cross finished his work so that now we can rest. Jesus is the ultimate Sabbath that we need to have in our lives. The second stage for the ultimate Sabbath rest is for all of creation. God's Sabbath and rule will be established through the work of Jesus Christ. That means all disease, all death, poverty, war, brokenness, decay. It's going to be wiped away. All that evil has done will become unshriveled. This isn't just saying we need to wait for the second coming of Christ. It means that Christ is here now and working through us. It means that we enter into Sabbath by evangelizing, by counseling others, by feeding the hungry, building shelters for the needy, embracing people with this great gift that we have received This isn't something that we earned or worked hard to. Just because you come out on Sunday does not mean you're Christian. It means that we have received this because of Jesus' grace. And so, how do we do all of this? We do this by trusting in the finished work of Christ. Once you trust fully in something, only then can you be free. But if you trust fully in something and you think you're free, but that that other thing can totally come and oppress you, can it? So we're always afraid of fully trusting in something. But when we trust in Jesus, Jesus is the one that liberates us. And we're liberated from our money. We're liberated from our time. Our heart is liberated to do good things. (laughs) I know that this... Now, now there has been, especially from the 80s and 90s, there's been this play where people are like, now that you have Jesus, I want you to give money to me, the preacher. And now people are like, oh, if you're liberated from money, then obviously the preacher wants money. This is absolutely untrue. And because of this deceit, now people are more taken aback. And it's such a shame. It's such a shame because... We know the truth that the more that we hold on to anything, the more that we hold on to something, the more it has a hold on to us. I'm not saying I want your money. I don't want your money. But I want you to be liberated so that you can give your money, give your time, give your heart. I end with this story and how rest really affects us and how we have perhaps mistaken what rest really means in for our entire life one man challenged another to an all-day wood chopping contest the challenger worked very hard stopping only briefly for one lunch break but the other man had a leisurely lunch and took several breaks during the day At the end of the day, the challenger was surprised and annoyed to find that the other fellow had chopped. And see if it doesn't work. It will work. And you'll see that Jesus is there to completely restore you. It's not so that you'll get more tired, it's not so that you fill up some kind of quota or a seat is so that you can be completely restored
0: let's pray